0: Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and so much more. Great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sportsbook for a reason, don't you know? Actually, multiple reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings in as quick as two hours. And of course, the same game parlay. You combine multiple bets from the same game. There's your same game parlay, and you discover the most popular ones daily every day right when you log in if you're new just download the fan to a sportsbook app to get started asa and p just make sure you use the promo code minus three the word minus the number three so they know we sent you an eddie spaghetti let's get it on minus three with Dave Damashev. Oh, yes, it's a great day for hockey sports fans, NBA playoffs, too, Major League Baseball, some draft talk. Soon to be joined here by one of our favorite guests here, a regular Josh Yoey from The Athletic to break down the NHL playoffs. Sure, but specifically, he is in the world's, what's it called, Eddie Spaghetti? The world's most famous building? World's, mo- the- world's most famous arena. World's most famous arena, excuse me, no insult intended there, to the home of your beloved Blue Shirts, ready to take on the plucky Pittsburgh Penguins. Overmatched, according to most, including you, Eddie Spaghetti. We're looking forward to talking with Yoey about the NHL playoffs. Of course, the NFL draft is in the books. Hope your team got a good draft. grade. NBA playoffs on Monday night. We went back and forth on extra points. Me, Sal, and Marty Weiss on what was going to go down in Miami as Kevin Hench, our pal here on Minus 3, has pointed out six, eight weeks ago now, and that really, I'm on board with this. The Miami Heat are the most disrespected great team in sports right now, I feel like. I mean, they just keep on rolling. I really feel like they might be if the Bucs aren't. I think the Heat are the favorite to survive the East and get to the finals there, they hammer the Embiidless Sixers down in Miami on Monday night. The Suns took care of the maps, but not without a late push by Luka and company. Luka drops 45 where everybody else was on the team. I don't know, but they almost caught up. I took them plus five and a half and they finished seven short or one and a half of that total. We'll give you some picks on the other side of that. But listen, let's what are we talking about here, Eddie Spaghetti? Let's jump into it right now. We could talk about our series. I want to get some ground rules between you and me. You're rooting for the Rangers still, right? I'm
1: going to still root for my my team, yes.
0: Okay, okay. I'm going to root for the Penguins, even though we have no chance, according to you and most people. You've guaranteed a victory for your Rangers. You've made like Broadway Joe uh, another New York guy, although he's from Pittsburgh. Um but before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about our, our beloved pro football. How did you feel your, uh, your Giants did? What were your, what were your big takeaways from the draft uh, over this past weekend? I know you were off with Harry and muzzle-tough to him on uh, his marriage to Angie. Very moving stuff, very funny stuff, of course. If you can track down the videos online, I encourage you, nay, demand that you do that. Um, but what did you make of the jints the Jets— all the rest of it.
1: I thought the Jets. You could argue had the best draft. Maybe the Ravens. You could throw in there. But I, I think the Jets. And it's the team that I've been saying, uh, even since the later part of last year. I think a team to go last to first could be the the, the Jets. I think they're going to be pretty competitive, and they're putting pieces around uh, Zach Wilson, which I think is is obviously the great move. Joe Douglas, uh, tip my cap to you. The Giants. I mean, picking five and seven. I, I love what they did there. Uh, I guess they heard rumblings that a team may move up to six to potentially grab Thibodeau. So they take Thibodeau at five, knowing that they have seven. So one of the, their, their top two tackles, either between Iki or Evan Neal, would be there at seven, which is so smart by um, by Joe Shane. So they go pick up Evan Neal to play right tackle. Across from Andrew Thomas, a left tackle, they have Thibodeau. Across from Aziz Ojalar, who you could argue was their, you know, arguably the best defensive player last year, eight and a half sacks as a rookie. Uh, it's exactly what they needed. Now, the mid rounds, you could say they probably reach a little bit. Uh, grabbing a guy like you know Wandale Robinson from Kentucky, who's severe. Yeah, that was a
0: weird one. And yeah. I the, the the book on and I'm happy on my side rooting for my favorite football team, the Steelers. I was glad that you guys didn't grab George Pickens there. He's one of those guys. I feel like people get very caught up in the here and now teams. I mean, when a guy has an injury, um, that well, he's coming back from the well. Knee- with him, it's I mean, less like- with
1: injury. It was more that. Like, they said know that a, he had, like, the all-time worst interviews out of any player.
0: Yeah, well, he definitely has that wide receiver prima donna vibe about him. But you know what? There are very few guys that play that position in pro football that don't have that. But, yeah, he definitely uh, feels like he has a chip on his shoulder. But, you know, listen, he's he's physical. He's dynamic. Sure. I'm really excited about that. Are you disappointed, though, that you didn't get Malik Willis or otherwise? No. Any of those QBs when they were available? I mean, listen— it's one thing to not use a first-round pick on him. It's another thing to watch, to watch him come and go in the second round, in the third. You could have had any, any of these guys that projected by some, at least I know is a soft class according to a lot of the scouts, but you could have had one of those guys. Now it's all in on Danny Dimes in 2022.
1: Well, I mean, even if they took Willis, like, I don't think it would make the team that much better uh, if Daniel Dimes is, is is struggling here. I mean, I don't think... I don't see a scenario where Dimes is worse. Like, I think he could match his rookie year total, which is like 24 touchdowns, hopefully way less turn- turnovers. And I love what Dayball, uh, you know, recording this Tuesday morning, Dayball was on a couple of radio shows in New York. And he said like he he said that to, he told Danny to just, you know, relax and like just like ball out, do your thing, like just don't think anymore. And uh, it's the first time in Jones's career that he has where you could say a stable Group. You have a stable guy in the front office. You have a stable guy at head coach. This is not some every hire, I know this may sound like a broken record, but every hire the Giants made until Dayball was questioned. It was like, who is Joe Judge? Why are you taking a retread and and Pat Shermer? Like uh Ben McAdoo was just like the quarterback's coach for Aaron Rodgers. Like who was clearly the winner there? It's Aaron, it, it's you you attach yourself to Aaron Rodgers. Of course, you're gonna be uh a, I guess deemed a good coach, but I think Dayball from his tracker and what he's done with Josh Allen, obviously spent time too with Nick Saban. Like I think this is the first time that Giants fans feel confident. And Jones has a good supporting cast now. It has an O-line that's been rebuilt, has the weapons. I, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So, it, yeah, there is pressure on him, but I think this guy – He's always the first guy in the building, last one out. He's always working hard. So I I do believe in him to at least be um, average to above average this year, and I think he doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to be Josh Allen. So I,
0: I The number one factor is it, with quarterbacks, and we've had this conversation a million times. It, the number one indicator of whether or not a quarterback is going to do okay is the quality of the offensive line. If you give me that, so if they protect him – all these guys, all the guys who start week one in the NFL, if you protect them sufficiently, they'll look OK. Danny Dimes is definitely one of those guys. That takes me to the first round draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I My graph grade as somebody who grew up on the banks of the Three Rivers is an A. I know there are a lot of cynics. Forget the national media, what they think about Kenny Pickett, what his high, you know, they, they keep saying uh, high floor, low ceiling. We know what he is and all of that. Whether it's Trubisky or or um, Pickett in 2022, the pieces around him, and let's hope the offensive line is a little bit better there. But I love the effort. A for effort. I give Kevin Colbert in his Hall of Fame GM career his uh, his big finale to it because he took the local kid. You know, it doesn't matter in the billion-dollar industry of big-time sports in most franchises and most sports towns just win, that's all that matters. And in Pittsburgh, that's obviously the case, too. But when you have a chance, people have lamented for 40 years in Pittsburgh that they didn't take Dan Marino, the local kid. This doesn't exactly make that right. I don't want to put pressure on Pickett by saying he has to make good what Marino didn't do or did do down in, uh, in Miami, Florida during his career. But the big point is the Pittsburgh kid or the kid that was in the same building got drafted. That's in the first round. In the seventh round, they draft Cam Cam Hayward's brother. Now the fourth set of brothers on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Rooney family. You get this as a supporter of the Mara family up there in New York City. It's cool. I think you take this shot. If it doesn't work out, Even if it doesn't work out, I love it, but you take the shot because if it doesn't work out in two years, there's no law that prohibits you from drafting another quarterback. In the meantime, if it does work out, it's an all-time cool move, and it does distinguish you from the other faceless guys who are toiling on pro sports teams elsewhere. It is a defining moment, potentially, and a distinguishing one, and if you doubt that, remember the scene in Heinz Field as... Pittsburgh said goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody around the country, a lot of people were cynical about it nationally, saying, who cares about Ben Roethlisberger's goodbye? They're treating this like this is Derek Jeter. Guess what? That wasn't for you, red, white, and blue. That was for black and gold supporters. That was a cool moment. You saw how great that was. Now imagine it if this kid from Pitt can succeed wearing the logo on the one side of his hat. I think it's an awesome move. I'm over the moon about it. I hope your team did well. I think that's the beauty of the NFL draft because it sets you up for a summer's worth of optimism. Who right now, what football fan is down in the dumps right now? Maybe the Jags. I don't get that pick exactly. I think the first pick of the draft was uh, was perhaps the worst one we saw out there. But anyway, Spaghetti, before we get to Yoey here. I mean, well, it just was questionable in that there were any number of options on the board. And I do wonder if Balky looks back and, and says, what did, what did I reach for? I took a, a workout warrior, as you described him. You know, right? I mean, the the I I I'm happy that Aiden Hutchinson went to Detroit sure. for that regional storyline. But if a strange move went to to um go with a guy, I know he was on a dominant defense. But like we talk about, somebody was the passenger on that Georgia defense. We some they all aren't going to be superstars. Somebody is going to be revealed as a guy who was kind of freed up by the dominance of the guys around him. And we don't know if Trayvon Walker is that. And so you use the first overall pick on that guy. Dicey, I feel like.
1: It's a, I mean, this goes back to it being a, like a weird draft with not a lot of, uh, I guess, great flashy players. And sure, like the Jaguars need a ton of help. Uh, maybe it was a weird choice for them to tag and then extend Cam Robinson. You could have just taken one of the bigger tackles first overall, and people would have been fine with that pick, obviously, to help protect Trevor Lawrence. But on the flip side, for you know, if you're a Jags fan, you're unhappy with the draft. Um, on the bright side, you are getting back Travis Etienne, who was the teammate at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So he has his guy behind him now. And then plus they spend like the most money ever in free agency. So they do. They did add players. Um, So I guess that's like the little silver lining for them. But sure. who knows? Who knows what the, the you know? I, I mean, he was a combine type warrior, but also Georgia did have 15 players right there for a reason. Like they were a astoundingly good team. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there.
0: Well, they had to do something to offset the embarrassment that Herschel Walker's become. But, um, yeah, I, I, so... I feel like your gents are suddenly really interesting. But of course, if we d- dip into any of the 32 teams, like I say every year, we're in that spot now where where I can talk myself into any team being a playoff team pretty much at this point, not the Houston Texans. But mm-hmm. you know what? Even the Texans are kind of interesting that the AFC is just too loaded. If they were in the NFC, I could cobble together a, a rationalization that that winds up with them at nine and eight and maybe, you know, in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, I do like Malik Willis going to Tennessee. I think that's the happy ending to a uh, to a rough story for that kid. And it is heartbreaking watching Sam Howe sit there. It's it's uncomfortable almost to watch these kids. That was my big takeaway. Without them all ga- I I don't like the Goodell hug thing. I think that's him ingratiating himself to a generation of players as though he's cool with them and isn't some icy businessman. I don't love that moment. So I'm glad that a lot of the high-end guys didn't show up for uh, for the draft to give him his hug. But my takeaway watching it was I, w- I wound up feeling bad for more guys than I did happy for some. I mean, watching some of those, I know they're all going to wind up fine. Ritter and Corral and Howell and But, I mean, Carson Strong didn't even get picked. Eesh, that's uh, I mean, like, there are cameras in your house or wherever you, Malik Willis was. And you can feel, like, the tension... You feel that tension of when they finally go in the third round or wherever they go. Like, those aren't happy tears. Those are tears of relief. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's uncomfortable almost to watch. Um, But uh, anyway, let's let the the main event. We got to get Yoey going here. He's up at MSG as we speak here. Ground rules, though, Eddie Spaghetti how are you feeling you you say you are impervious to emotion around this time you've guaranteed victory i our our mutual pal kent brown reached out and said let's watch the game together fellas and i said (laughs) hell no i would never do that yeah i
1: love kent i'm even like
0: i wouldn't watch a game with you no offense and i I want you to know that here and now as a man of honor i don't after the fact i don't talk stuff i won't i won't be trash talking Uh you if the penguins survive it's not my way I'm too classy
1: for that. No, I... Okay? I I'm with I'll you. shake
0: your hand. When, when Crosby shakes the hand of the bread man, I will be shaking your hand. muzzle tub, and best wishes going forward.
1: I mean, the Rangers are in no position to talk trash anyway because they've won, you know, the last cup was in 94 and the Pens have obviously, you know, they were a dynasty. So I know what position I'm in right now. Um, I am nervous about this game. I'm nervous that the Rangers track record with... Um, let's just say like unheralded goalies in the playoffs guys like, you know, Holpe and, and, and Tukarski come to mind and uh, probably missing a few other, Varlamov. There's a bunch of other guys that were not so great. And then all of a sudden they just stand on their head. And I think, you know, DeSmith Smith is, a, there's a chance with Jari that he could do the same thing here. That being said is a way different Rangers team than past. Uh, I'm a little worried about the, if the refs do swallow their whistle, Rangers, obviously a much better um, team on the advantage and they are five on five, but they have been better as of late and Igor, has not been as strong to finish the season as he is throughout it. So I could see the Rangers potentially, if they like lose a close game in game one and just like takes the wind out of the sales, I could see that happening. I'm not going to change my tune of them winning the series. I still think in the seven game series, the Rangers are the better team, but um, it's, it's, Look, it's playoff hockey. It's tough. We saw it could happen You know, with the Oilers blowing a game in game one. So I, I think oh my it's, God. it's possible. I'm very nervous. I, I want to vomit. But uh, but no, there will be no trash talk for me. And uh, if Kent's listening, I don't want to offend. I, I don't watch my team's playoff games with anyone. So um, there's no ill will there. But I'll, I'll gladly go watch uh, any other teams play, just not this one.
0: I like that. We park our cars in the same garage by parking our cars in separate garages because, uh, yes, I, 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 have no, I, it's a, l- these guys have worked hard. Mike Sullivan and company, they, they've been toiling all through this long regular season. Now, I can at least give them my undivided attention. I'm going to draw the shades. It's going to be me and my best friend TV showing me what goes down in MSG. The Pens need to get one of these first two. I can't. The thing that makes it feel like an impossible mountain in my brain as we sit here before game one is if they lose two up in New York coming down to Pittsburgh, that's going to be a near impossible task. Like you say, even the blowouts on night one of the NHL were grand. I thought the atmosphere in Toronto was magic. I would love to see a Leafs. Uh, I'd love to see the Leafs get all the way to the final. If I don't get to pick who does uh, get there, obviously I'd like to see the Penguins do it, but I love that atmosphere and the Oilers are going to do it again. Are they really going to not? How many times am I going to be the Charlie Brown in this equation with Edmonton? I just assume that the best player in the world and has been the best player in the world for the last three years now that at some point, when they're when there are only twenty total guys, eighteen total skaters out there, Drysidle is one of the top five guys in the league. That those two guys aren't enough to elevate the entire team to victory. It's getting really weird. All right, let's not get too crazy though. It's only one game, but man, bad first uh first look at it, at this team. It was
1: the most Oilers like game ever where you have McDavid scoring I'm not going to say the best goal, a beauty, not right? Not one of the you know one of the best goals of the year, where he essentially skated by the entire Kings team, actually made two guys skate into each other on the Kings, and then like with like one hand just pulls the puck in, scores, um, and then obviously to lose the game in the fashion they did, like with with the the goalie mishap with Mike Smith. I mean, uh, I know Meatballs has definitely said this a bunch when we did our segment. He said get. Get them goaltending. Like they have to do whatever they can to build from the pipes up the Oilers because they're building the team the wrong way. You can't. Like, I understand center is the premium position, but you have to have goaltending. You have to have defense to win the playoffs. These seven game series are won by the tough teams. They're not won by the high flying teams. And until they change that, it's going to be tough. It's why I said after three games, I, I, I bet on the Fanduel uh, that I said two one. Uh, but now it may be two one Kings instead of two one Oilers, but I, I think the series is definitely going to go seven. The Kings are a pesky team that are way ahead of where they should be. Uh, not a lot of guys that are known around the league, but they're a, it's just a pesky team that gets it done. So this is this is like what happens in the playoffs. It just like doesn't matter what your record is, doesn't matter who's in the roster. You put two teams in the ice for seven games, and crazy stuff happens. So the Oilers, man, like this could be all time bad for them. They lose to the Kings.
0: Oh, well, I mean, it's already getting to be all time bad, but if they do it again, I don't even know what you're supposed to say, because it'll be exactly like it was last year, which was like it was two years ago. What the hell already? Um, But. You mentioned Mike Smith, terrible giveaway by their goaltender in a big spot with five, six minutes left in the third period. It was reminiscent of Steve Smith, not the football player, of course, but the rookie defenseman for the Oilers. They were chasing their third straight cup against the arch rival Calgary Flames, and Steve Smith went behind the goal late in the third period and tried to uh, tried to move the puck up to the blue line and instead hit, hit his own goalie, Grant Fuhrer's back leg. It went into the goal, and that actually cost them the series. It's It's uh, it's one of the craziest plays. You don't even know about that, right, Spaghetti? It's an old man. Yeah, yeah, it was a
1: little before my time.
0: Oh, maybe we should plug the audio in here. A state of shock right now,
2: and the Calgary bench—they couldn't believe it. Now there's the puck stopped by Grant Fuhr. Watch Smith. It comes out right in front of his net and tries to pass it through the middle. It hit Grant Fuhr and goes
0: in. The stakes were huge. This is a two-time champ, and like I say, they're playing the Calgary Flames in the battle for Alberta, and that happened. It was one of the, the more troubling moments for a young guy. Felt so bad for him. It almost overrode. Uh, My laughing at the Edmonton Oilers uh, dynasty. But you know what? That's rearview mirror stuff. Let's look ahead. Let's get to Rangers and Penguins and beyond with our guy, Josh Yowie. We'll have plenty of time to dig in on baseball. Don't you worry, Eddie Spaghetti, or you, Sal, if you're listening to us right now. Metropolitans are good. Yankees, even better. Nine in a row at the time of this recording. All summer long, you can bet to go yard with $5 Dinger Tuesdays. And what's today? It's Tuesday here on FanDuel Sportsbook, $5 Dinger Tuesday. All customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games. The best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel's going to pay you $5 for every home run hit. Eddie Spaghetti, the floor is yours. I assume you're going to go with one of your Clippers, right?
1: Well, uh, you know, the first week we did this, I picked the Dodger, uh, did not hit a home run. The next week I go, okay, I'm going to go pick against the Red Sox. That didn't work out either. So now. Third time the charm. I am going to go, you know, all reliable. I'm going to go pick the Yankees, the best team in baseball. And I'm also going to pick the number one home run leading hitter in baseball. That is Tony Rizzo. Uh, nine home runs on the year. And they're, right now the Yankees are playing. Uh, Alec Manoa is pitching for them, a righty. Obviously, I like uh, Rizzo being a left-handed batter. It's something simple. I have to go to the well. Uh, and right now his odds, I just had him up. A bit. I believe he was at plus 480 to hit a home run too, which is, you know, Pretty good odds hmm. for a guy that's uh, leading baseball. I think uh, right now Aaron Judge is the leading uh, odds get it to hit a home run for the Yankees. But again, Tony Rizzo is leading. Uh, yeah, plus 40. He is leading the MLB in home runs. So that's pretty good number um, for that the home run king as of now. So uh, I hope this one works. I, I need this one to work to keep my streak uh, starting right now. Tony Rizzo, indeed.
0: All right, listen, head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code minus three, the word minus, the number three to pick your home run hitter. And again, the promo code minus three. Good luck, Tony Rizzo. Let's squeeze in a quick break. All right, I just said we were going to get to him and now we shall do it. From the Athletic, one of our favorite hockey voices, nay, one of our favorite voices here on Minus 3, it's our old pal Josh Yoey. What's the poop, man? What's the vibe in Manhattan right now?
2: Good to see you, Pally. It's a beautiful day in the big city. Uh, uh, The vibe is uh, Rangers blue in every direction. I can tell uh, Manhattan is quite taken with this Ranger squad, and as they should be. They're they're really good, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one, is it not?
0: It is. And let's start with this little bit of controversy. First of all, it's, it's funny. Just before you, you jumped in, um, I was hipping um, Eddie Spaghetti to some hockey lore that is fresh in my mind, but he wasn't even aware of it. Mike Smith, terrible giveaway for the Edmonton Oilers that cost him a game. Reminded me of Steve Smith. Do you remember Steve Smith uh, the, when he in his rookie year there? Was that against the Flames? It was against the Flames. Is this going to end up being – I mean, did you get the game on Monday night? Did you check it out? Are you – I I was watching. Is that the story right now? Is that the story or is it the Leafs not just vanquishing the Bolts but just completely hammering them? What was your big takeaway on Monday night?
2: Well, there were a lot of takeaways, but, no, to me, the big one was probably the Oilers uh, with a shaky game one outing. They should beat the Kings. The Kings are probably the weakest team in the playoffs – uh, Mike Smith, it actually made me think of uh, Tristan Jari against the Islanders in Game 5 a little bit. Right. Just, just a dreadful giveaway. I remember a conversation I'm going to name drop early. I was talking with Scotty Bowman one time in the press box in Tampa. He's always there. And he said, you know, the problem with uh, goaltenders that handle the puck real well is they like to handle the puck a lot, and sometimes bad things happen. And uh, that, that was ex- exhibit A. That was unbelievable. But uh, I, I enjoyed all the games last night for – for different reasons, but that was certainly the, the best game or the most interesting one, I would say.
0: Yeah, really the only close one, but like well, I say, I thought the atmosphere in Toronto was electric. Do I, I asserted, I thought it was an innocuous statement that we could all agree with. I'm not talking about TV ratings either. I'm talking about for the soul of the game. The best matchup would be, the best Final Four would be for the Leafs to play, Either the Rangers or the Penguins, and then on the other side, Edmonton and Colorado. I think that would be the juiciest matchup in high end skill all over the place. Florida, too, but I feel like it's unsatisfying for Florida, for the Miami based Florida Panthers to try and take hockey out of any dead puck era or further yeah. drag it out of that and into highlighting the the high-end
2: skill that the league offers? I don't know what it is. I, I just feel like somebody's going to beat Florida as good as they are and as mm-hmm. good as they are for the game. They're entertaining. I, I'm not sold on them for some reason. But you're right. I was looking at the bracket the other day. I said, man, if we could get a Colorado Edmonton best of seven uh, just for the hockey snob in us. Uh, that would be unbelievable. Even watching the game last night, and the Kings won, but every time McJesus had the puck, I mean, uh, the, the kid's just different. He, he's he's a special player, obviously. To me, he's clearly the best player in the game at this point. Um, that would be great. And as for a Penguins-Rangers series, you know, Carolina's not boring either. I think uh, if Carolina does beat Boston, Carolina against the Rangers or Penguins would be really good hockey. I don't remember a time when there were this many teams that were fun to watch. Hmm. Uh, think about all the best teams. Like even Tampa, they laid an egg last night, but they're not boring. Uh, they've got a lot of Hall of Fame talent. Florida's got the most goals to, since the 95-96 Penguins of any team. Um, Colorado, you can't take your eyes off of them. McDavid, Matthews, I mean, uh, this is – and the Rangers are great to watch too. So uh, this is a, a fun time for hockey fans as far as I'm concerned.
0: I agree. And, you know, when you talk about TV ratings and, you know, big markets or anything like that, you know, I point to the Kings and the Rangers playing in the Stanley Cup final. What was that now? Like that was almost 10 years. Was that 10 years ago? Eight years ago? It was 14, right? So eight years ago. Yeah. I mean, who cared? Because they both played boring. Uh, to me, they played a boring brand of puck. No matter what you get here, it's going to be juicy stuff. Now, two Canadian teams may not be great for ratings, but like I say, for the soul of the game and all of that, it would be great. But do you agree with Eddie Spaghetti's assertion that everyone's tired of the Penguins, no one likes watching them anymore, and that that wouldn't be good for hockey? I mean, I feel like... You talk, you talk about the big three in the final four. This would be grand stuff for any hockey fan. A farewell to Kid Crosby and his two best pals, Latang and Geno Malkin. Who wouldn't want to watch that?
2: Well, I mean, listen, Eddie has a point. I do think there is a segment of hockey fans that are really sick of the Penguins, no question. Because they're jealous. Are. They're well, jealous, well, Yoey. Well, of course they are. But, but I think we are, as you, as you hinted at, I think we are morphing into the Crosby farewell tour at some point here. And at some point, that, that does got. We were all sick of Duke, but we were all kind of watching them in the in the tournament this year, right? Like, ah, eh, last time we we're going to see Shashevsky, whatever, even if we're having fun rooting against him. Like, we still want to watch. Um, maybe if the Penguins win this series and make a run, uh, they get some of that juice. I don't know. Um, but there's no question that there's a new era of players and of teams. Uh, you know, McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, all the, the Rangers talent. Um, Carolina even Florida these teams are fun to watch they're young they're talented it it is a a new era a new wave Um, I I don't think the Penguins are boring I trust me ESPN and TNT still want them to do well Um, uh, Pittsburgh New York that's the series they're going to highlight yeah Crosby against the Rangers it doesn't get much bigger than that Um, but no I mean listen Eddie Eddie doesn't like the Penguins I think that's very clear and I, I respect that that's fine um, but I think you still like to watch them to to cheer against them to some extent if you're not a Penguins fan. Oh, look, he's here. It's Eddie can Spaghetti with the in. way in. I, it,
1: was, it was not entirely just me hating on the pens. It was more that, like, I think right now hockey does have some great, young, fun teams. I'm sure you would agree, too, Josh. Yeah. Like, where the casual fan may not want to see the Florida Panthers play, but especially with the NHL now being on ESPN, when they're on the mothership and you have a high-flying team like the Panthers, or if you have, I mean, I know, Dave, you don't want the Lightning, but if the Lightning somehow make it and they win three straight, like, that's that's pretty cool in my mind. So my point was that there are other good options for teams making the Cup as opposed to the Pens making it. That's all I'm saying.
0: But wait a second. Now, Yoey, I see I, Spaghetti brings me to an interesting point. Whoever you're rooting for, I uh, 100% disagree with him on what he just said there. The one thing we must collectively root against is a Lightning three-peat That's not good for anybody except unless you're a, a Lightning fan. Who wants to see that? Who wants for the the best team of the millennium to reside in the Tampa St. Pete area,
2: well, right? I mean it it would be historic for sure, I'll give them that. You know it's funny that they're not a very likable team though. Um I will say I love Stamkos. He's a really good kid. He's a lot like Crosby, very personable. Good guy, but uh, I'm not a Kucherov fan. Uh, John Cooper is a very intelligent man, and he sure likes to let you know that he's the smartest guy in the room at every opportunity. Uh, They employ Corey Perry now. There are a lot of reasons not to like that team. They're a pretty dirty hockey team in my view as well. And I I picked them to beat Toronto just out of habit. Until the Leafs do it, I refuse to pick them to win a series. I I
0: agree, but I did it out of spirit.
2: I took the Leafs because it's what I want to see. And you know what? They're pretty good. I mean, They really are. And we, we've we seen the Bolts. Listen, they still put up their 100-plus points. They got into the playoffs comfortably. They're still a force to be reckoned with. But, man, just I, I judge a lot by what I see in person. And twice this season, I flew to Tampa, and I saw the Penguins just absolutely annihilate them. I mean, they looked awful. And I know that's only two games, and that's a small sample size. But I remember thinking, like, Does this team have the energy to go through two months of playoff hockey a third straight year? I kind of doubt it. I I think somebody will beat them.
0: It does feel like that's a real thing that, you know, versus and, you know, you can point back to the Habs doing it in the 70s and the Islanders doing it in the early chunk of the 80s. But there must be something to, given the 21st century travel schedule or otherwise, that Got that? It's just very hard to to do this in three straight spring times. That I mean, oh. it just it, it, it's got to be. But nobody's. I mean, the Penguins came closest to doing it, obviously, and they didn't get all that close. Well, really, the game.
2: The game is more grueling than it ever used to be. I, I think you guys will agree with me that the first round games are a hell of a lot more entertaining than the conference final or the Stanley Cup final games. The last five years, hmm. they're they're played yeah. at a much different tempo. Uh, teams look exhausted in June. The Penguins in 16 and 17 played 49 playoff games those two springs. That is an NHL record. Uh, No team has ever played that many playoff games in a two-year span. I am convinced they would have beaten the Capitals in 2018 if not for the fact that they were out of gas. And I I have been in many a locker room after playoff defeats at the end of series, and usually it's like you're at a funeral. It's got that kind of of, uh, sense, right? That was the one in 2018 – Crosby was devastated. He wanted to win three in a row so bad it was killing him. The rest of the locker room, there was almost a sense of relief. Like they were just exhausted. Uh, you could sense it. And, and when I watch Tampa play, I, I get that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think they're tired. They've won their cups. They've made their money. It's just hard to keep going. Like the Islanders in the early 80s, the Canadians in the 70s, they didn't have to play as many playoff games. Uh, usually it was a laugher in the first round, whoever they played. It's obviously much different now. Um, I I don't know that we're ever going to see a team win three in, In the next couple of decades in a row
0: I picked the Oilers to sweep The Kings. I thought they uh, had had enough of the jive over the last few years. They were going to make quick work of the Kings and move on to a brighter day. So I was wrong about that. I wouldn't be surprised. Sort of like, and maybe I'm getting over my skis based on one uh, game, but I almost feel like just as we were two weeks ago about Nets Celtics. This one's going seven Leafs and 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 Bolts. This is going to be a great thing. I wouldn't be surprised to your point if the Leafs end up sweeping them or making pretty quick work because. The 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 lightning without a sense of like we can do this we can make one mm-hmm. more run like this they already are down a game I feel like they're gonna they're gonna be inclined to let up a little more quickly yeah. than the other teams in the oh, mix here for the reason tell you what if,
2: if Toronto wins game two that series might be over I, yeah, I don't right. I don't know that the Bolts are gonna win four out of five against that team and tell you what the Leafs in the last couple of months they've been really good they're one of the best teams in the league and and I know. Because of their history in the postseason, it's very easy to write them off. And I do have some questions about their goaltending, but top to bottom, there aren't many better teams than Toronto. Just the tough part for them is the road that they're going to have to go And Even if they beat Tampa, probably getting Florida in the second round. You know, then you're getting Carolina or the Rangers or the Penguins, and the you know, it's just an unbelievable road in the Eastern Conference.
0: It's a it's a pretty. Consistent theme, though, if you look at it with the with a few Igor for the Rangers is an exception. Uh, Vasilevsky. I mean, you know, when we're talking about the demise there, the goaltending is a big question for most of these teams. Now, Casey DeSmith between the pipes and it would still be a question if it was Tristan Giari for the reasons that you said earlier there. So, um, yeah, I hear you. But but I feel like it's something that you could uh, criticize a lot of these teams. They sure. they're going to go deep. Uh, unless they're goaltender. That's well, the big
2: question. And, and that's the thing about the East. Like, all of these teams are so good in the East. But even Igor is the best goalie in the world right now. He's played one playoff game in his life. And right. that is a different world. It is. I suspect he'll be fine. He seems like a really confident guy. I think he'll handle the stage OK. But he, he still has a show he can do it. And you know Vasilevsky is really the only sure thing in that regard. Look at in Florida, as great as they are, you going to trust the Bob in a seven game series against anyone? I, I've I've seen him have too many meltdowns in the playoffs. I wouldn't trust that guy. And you you can go you know, Washington's goaltending's horrible. Now, Toronto, Jack Campbell, like okay. Um, Carolina, the Anderson's never been great in the playoffs, and he's hurt right now. So no, there are and there are questions really with every single team in the East, and yet they're all so good. Um, That's why predicting the East, um, I've got Carolina coming out of the East, by the way, but you could make an argument for really almost any of these teams, and and it's justified.
0: I hear you about Carolina. I almost felt like the Bruins, I'm almost bad luck that they didn't get a goal in those first 10 minutes, and it may end up defining the series. I, I, I know it sounds hyperbolic. I really feel like you can go a long way towards winning or losing in an entire series in the first 10 minutes of a. I I really do think that it can be a defining stretch for a team and you can overwhelm them. I feel like, I mean, I've seen that a number of times with, with our, uh, our mutual team here, the Penguins good and bad, sure. um, as they, the two teams square off here at MSG I do think those first 10 minutes are going to be huge. I think they really will sort of set the tone for things. But we talk about the lightning and, you know, the, the heavy legs, but savvy vets. We always talk about this. And in the NBA, I always talk about you want veterans on your team. That is helpful. In the NHL, one of my longstanding creeds is give me young skill over savvy vets. That's why. I'm not making a pick. I mean, I would say I have to take the Rangers. I would think they're good, but I'm not, you're not going to get me to say into a microphone that I think it's a good idea to bet against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not my way. It's not, it's not how I'm, I'm wired. I, I respect that I about you. I'm not going to do, no, do it. I'm not going to do I'm not going to fall, fall, pr- fall to the pressure of outsiders. telling me what I have to do. I'm not going to do it, but no, no, you know, I difficult. see what I see. You're a Pittsburgh man.
2: You're, you're forged of, uh, you know, steel. You, you, you don't need to. And denial. Those- right. Well, oh, that too. No, I, I, I agree with what you said. Um, you always hear about experience this time of year. It's such crap. It really is. Other than the 2002 Red Wings, who had, I think, like 10 Hall of Famers on their roster, what old team wins the Stanley Cup?
0: Right. Well, and you can grind. Right. 2002 was happen. a different sport. You could just grind teams out back then.
2: Yeah. Right? Like, those young legs in the playoffs, that, that is everything. We saw it in 2008 and 2009 when the young Penguins would just skate teams into submission. I mean, it was over in the first period in a lot of those games, and they were making teams with more playoff experience look awful. Um, it's a grind. It is two weeks of playoff, or two months, rather, of playoff hockey with all the overtime games and everything else and, and the beatings that teams take. you got to have young legs if you re- really have a realistic chance to win the Stanley Cup. And that's one reason I like the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of young legs. They do. And um, the, an energy comes with that that you can sense. And if you look at the Penguins this year, they were not particularly good in the second half of back-to-back games. I, I had a stat in one of my articles. Jeff Carter is one of the oldest Penguins at 37 years old. He played in the second game of, I think, 11 back-to-backs, one goal and was a minus 12. Like that, that that tells you something. They, they struggle when they don't get a, a long break, and you're not going to have breaks in the playoffs. That That's one of the problems it, with having an old team.
0: It really is, and it is that kind of that uh, two ships passing in the night or Um, You know, one team on the incline, one on the descent, passing and one getting better all of a sudden. But it's Shakespearean almost, not just with the New York Rangers, but the Pittsburgh Penguins predicated for 20 years on speed above all else and 40 years worth of high end skill. And I love that. you know, uh, you know, just as the Flyers are 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 built on being uh bully jerks. The the <laughs> Penguins have been built, you know, just as as the Yinsers talk about, hey, they gotta play defense and run the ball to Pittsburgh Steelers. That's how you win if you're the Steelers. The yeah. Penguins are defined by the the highest skill that the league has seen um yeah. for decades now. So it's sad to me to my eyes feel like they're lying to me when I watch. McJesus or the blue shirts or the abs or otherwise with pens play well, they put out a good effort and they just can't hit ha- like the, the guys literally skate circles around them. Is that their undoing or is there, I, I, I know you've talked about this. You and I've talked about this offline. I mean, it feels like some of the optimism required to pick the penguins to, to advance here is like, Oh, they, they've been holding back. That's not a thing though. Right. I mean, there's not some gear. There's not some switch that Mike Sullivan is is uh, figuratively going to flip um, in the in the dressing room before the game that makes the Penguins look different than they've looked over the last month. Yeah,
2: I, would, I wouldn't imagine. So I, I don't think it works that way. And because of that, there is real reason for concern. And, yeah, I mean, the Penguins have been the Lakers of, of the NHL for right. decades. They just always had the best players and and the players that everybody wants to go see. And it suddenly isn't. Quite like that anymore. And it's a very awkward thing. And you're so right about the Steelers. Like the last decade, we saw Prime Roethlisberger putting up these huge numbers, winning these shootouts. Myself as a yinzer, very uncomfortable. I would just be sitting there like, this is nice, but games are won at the line of scrimmage. I'm not comfortable with this. I I like a good 16-13 win every now and then. That's just in our DNA. And the Penguins are the exact opposite. They want to win game 7-5. That's what Penguins fans want. They'd rather win They'd rather lose 7-6 than win two-one. That's just the way it is. Um, it Dude, is just- but I thought
0: we liked the Steelers because they got a blue collar work ethic.
2: These <laughs> penguins is country club
0: dudes, these high-flying skilled dudes. They they're fancy pants. How how then has the city of Pittsburgh embraced them? Very quickly, because you do love to talk about all things black and gold. Oh. I know that. Your reaction to Kenny Pickett, I just went on and on to Eddie Spaghetti about, I just think. Again, I keep talking about spiritually and otherwise. I love the move, even if Kenny Pickett flames out. You take yeah. the chance. This was gr- this yeah. is a great statement that distinguishes the Steelers brand from the other thirty-one or few. I like the Packers have some lore, and it's like yeah. I want to go play for that team. I think this says something to the region, right? Or, or how say you?
2: Well, it's almost yeah. I mean, it's a great story. This is the second greatest quarterback in Pitt history. He just got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Like, that's cool, but I almost feel like people are afraid to embrace it because they're not really sure how good Kenny is. Uh, we will see, but just from a football standpoint, I'll tell you what Kenny does. He's really smart. He reads defense as well. He's a very accurate passer of the football. He's pretty mobile. That's great. He doesn't have Mahomes or Allen's arm. Okay, he doesn't, but I think you can win with a guy like that. They've certainly surrounded him with enough that the skill positions, my right. God, and they're loaded with talent. There's just something about him. I like he, I would call it intangibles or whatever. He just got that kind of every man feel about him. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people down in Oakland who, who know him and are around him a lot. Everybody loves this kid. He's, hmm. he's the kind of guy you like to be around uh, for lack of a better term. I think he's a winner. Um, just, I love the story of it. I really do. And uh I, I have no doubt uh, the Yenzers will be getting behind him in a very big way. Kenny, it's a good Yenzer name too. Kenny.
0: I, I agree. And by the way, O three was it O three? Yeah, that never sat quite right. Even though it was exciting the Tommy Maddox season, it never sat quite right with me. Like what if, they Dave, they, they never run the ball. Famous right. Amos is back there. Dave sent him the First ball truth. a little bit.
2: Right. Yeah, Chris. Chris Fu. They just no. They couldn't run the ball well at all. That's <laughs> that's still a concern of mine. NASHI might get thirty carries a game, but I, I don't know how many yards he's going to be getting. Uh, that's another story for another day. Oh yeah, it is. They're going to
0: run that. Uh, they're going to run that kid into the ground. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, but okay, speaking of being run into the ground or otherwise, this is conspiracy theory level stuff. Eddie Spaghetti has shot it down, and you're welcome to jump in here, Eddie Spaghetti. But are we all the way sure? It's not like this would be some unheralded move with the playoffs going on. Are we sure the Breadman is hundred percent? Because I'm not. I but We didn't know that. We didn't know that Crosby was hurt until after the playoffs were over last year. Isn't it possible Breadman gets hurt a couple of games ago, then he doesn't play? Oh, he could have played. He could have come back in. Just coach's decision to let him rest up for the postseason. Yoey, how say you?
2: It's possible. I mean, listen, there's guys on both teams hurt right now that we don't even know about. Uh, You you know how that goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bread man It's funny. He hasn't scored as many goals as usual this year, the bread man. He's been more of a uh, playmaker this year. Uh, I still think in many ways he's their best player. I know Kreider scored 50 and Zibanejad was great and Fox won the Norris last year and all this talent they have. But to me, Panarin is still, man, every time I watch him play, he still is the guy who makes them go in a lot of ways. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he looks tonight. He could be banged up. I I suspect he will be okay. But I I like where your mind is. You're looking for any angle here for an advantage. I like it. And by the way, this guy isn't as good as the bread man, but Jason Zucker, uh, a couple of days ago, Coach Sully said he was out the first two games. He retracted a little bit today. He's not going to play in game one. I watched him skate uh, during the optional morning skate today. He looks great. So I, I do think he'll be back in the lineup in game two. I think there's a real good chance of that.
0: Meantime, I wish, and I I highly doubt that we will get uh, our mutual wish, is Drew O'Connor. Speaking of young skill, speed, throw him yeah. on the ice in game one. God. That would match some of that energy. That's what the yes. blue shirts are going to do. They're rolling with a full kid line for, for – um, their their third group, right? It's going to be Lafreniere and Yair and Caco. Ka- uh, right. Is that right?
2: That is correct. And you know how I feel about Drew O'Connor. You and I text each other quite frequently about him. In fact, like where is he? Why is he in the lineup? He has been called up. I don't think Drew's a superstar, but we talk about those young legs in the playoffs. He's got young legs. He can really skate. He's a big kid. I think he could help their bottom six now because one of the real problems right. for the Penguins, their bottom six has not been any good the last couple of months. Uh, they, they've they've been very sporadic. Uh, they've still got all the talent in the top six, and those guys could be really good. I, I would argue that how Geno Malkin plays five-on-five five is probably the key to this whole series. He's not been good five-on-five. Five. If he can find a way to you know be a plus player in this series, I think the Penguins have a, a puncher's chance. But their bottom six is not very good right now, and I think O'Connor could absolutely make a difference.
0: It's funny because I have written down, if I could turn my computer around so you could see the questions that I have in front of me, it says, is Malkin the X Factor of the series? It's hard to argue. I mean, it, you know, he does provide, the thing people ignore about 71 is the physical presence. He's not the skater he once was. By the way, he's still coming off. He's less than a year removed from right. knee surgery, and he's a relatively old guy. So maybe he is, a, If again, speaking of optimism and assuming he does resign with the Penguins, which it sounds like he's inclined to do. Mm-hmm. maybe he'll be a better version of himself. But in the meantime, five on five, or even on the power play, he is, uh, like I say, a physical presence. But that the speed, it feels like there's just no room. When I watch these two teams play each other, it seems like the Rangers are able to suffocate them. Yeah. by so- I mean, they're I mean, there's some big boys there on the four check, but it really seems like it, it's based around the speed that the Rangers are throwing at the pens that they well, can't keep up with.
2: You know, the last three times these teams played, the Rangers won all three pretty emphatically. And watch tonight, watch their forecheck, and see how the Penguins defensemen handle it. That has been yeah. a real problem. Brian Dumoulin, more than anybody, man, has he been bad against the Rangers. Uh, they have just operated at a speed that he has not been comfortable with. I'd watch him, and I would watch Pedersen and Marino, who have not been very good. Um, those three guys have to be better. Uh, the Rangers are going to target them. They're going to be physical with them. Um they're going to try to just beat them up on the four-check, use their speed and their size. Uh, the Penguins need to execute way better on the four-check. Uh, if they don't, I, I just don't see them winning this series. So those three in particular, Matheson's been great this season. Letang's yes. still Letang's still really good. Ruido's solid as a rock. But those other three have not been good enough. And I'm telling you, the Rangers will absolutely target them. Uh, let's see how they handle it. A
0: couple more, uh, and then we'll let you go because you can go trip the light fantastic in Manhattan in advance of the game. Um, Confidence meter, you said you trust in Igor. Hard to know until we see him out there, but I'm inclined to agree with you uh, based on everything you hear about people that are around him on a regular basis. Um, Confidence level in Casey DeSmith, and I'll say this, uh, talking about you and me texting. Again, I know this is an absolute rationalization, and I get why Ronnie Hextall would stand up for Tristan Giari because they both like to play the puck. And I'm a little more comfortable with that. I understand the risk factor involved there. We saw it on Monday night with Mike Smith. But I like what it brings. I also think, though, at this stage in in uh, in hockey, you know, Sound positioning. Don't let in any softies, and and that's that for me. I don't need the the acrobatics. I feel like the acrobatics are a scooch overrated. Just be solid. Yeah. Don't let in because it's crushing emotionally what happened to the Penguins last year when Jari was letting in softies. Is yeah. the Smith able to at least um take care of things at that level and not and, and not break the team's heart by like that one gets through?
2: Yeah, I think he is. He's not going to steal this series. He's not that caliber of goaltender. I don't know that he'll be the reason they lose the series, though. Uh, He's been very good during the past month, Um, and he's got a personality. He's really calm, and he's got a kind of a quiet confidence about him. I don't think he'll be rattled by taking the ice at MSG in a a playoff game. I, I, I don't sense that about him at all. I think he'll be Okay. Do I think he'll be as good as the guy on the other side of the ice? Probably not. Uh, that's tough when you're playing a guy who's that good. I mean, Shesterkin is going to win the Vezina. He's the best goaltender in the game right now. Just a freakish talent. Um, but I don't think Casey DeSmith is going to implode. And, and I am curious, by the way. You know, Jari's out with a broken foot. He hasn't been ruled out for this entire series. Hmm. If we get to right. a game five, six, seven, it's not inconceivable that we could see him. And for his sake... I hope he gets the chance. Um, He has been so fueled for the last 12 months because of what happened against the Islanders in the playoffs. All he talks about is having another shot at the postseason and what a big deal it is to him. It'd be nice to see him get that chance, even in a limited amount of time. The
0: best guy on both sides to score a goal. And Eddie Spaghetti, you jump in with uh, some Rangers, too, after Yoey gives his answer. Obviously for the penguins to win 87 must star here. Gensel must pot a few goals here. Um Gino Malkin is essential. I you know, Breadman, the you know offensively crider as you say, but it's always that secondary scoring that elevates you and, and allows you to advance in the playoffs. Who is the guy that the penguins absolutely have to have rise up here? in the first couple few games for the penguins fans Uh, to feel like maybe you know what maybe we're going to be in these playoffs a month from now
2: my answer to that question would be number 77 jeff carter ah Uh, i like that he was great in the playoffs last year he was great last year in general very good in the first half this season he's been mighty quiet the last three months or so um, do I think the Penguins are waiting to flip a switch? No, I just don't think they've been playing very well. But I think he might be a little bit. He, he's one of those guys. He knows how to pace himself during a regular season. He's been in many a playoff war in his day. Um, I think he will probably show up and I could see him scoring a couple of big goals in this series. And, and like I said, that bottom six is a problem for the Penguins. They need somebody in the bottom six to get them some offense and he might well be the guy.
0: By the way, is Kapanen going to get – you you jump in in a spaghetti, but is Kapanen definitely going to dress for game
2: one? I think he is for game one. That's my sense. Um, If Zucker returns for game two, and he may, somebody's got to come out. It might be Kapanen. Kapanen's tough because he's got the talent, right? Sure, and he's
0: got the speed
2: that we talk about forever. He's vexing. Right, it's tempting to leave him in the lineup. He's the guy that could give you bottom six scoring but but do you really trust him at all? You can't blame Mike Sullivan for for having no faith in this kid at all at this point.
0: I'm telling you, if he's on the ice and they're around for any amount of time, he's gonna score a Peter Sikora level goal for the Penguins. He just he, he's got that he, he's got that vibe to me that he's like a enigmatic about him
2: too. Yeah. Yeah, there's
0: you know, something enigmatic yeah. and like what what the hell is he what what value is he yeah. oh, he's just scored a humongous goal for the it. Penguins. I I Got to keep Boyle out there too for for any number of reasons. I they better they better not let him uh, sit in street clothes. I don't, while I don't think they will. On.
2: I don't think they will. He's too valuable as a penalty killer, and uh, he's been good. He's scored what ten or eleven goals this season, so he actually has given them some offense on the bottom six, even though we didn't expect it from him.
0: And I think he, he there's he brings an energy that permeates through the through yes. the uh, the lineup when he's out there. Eddie Spaghetti, who's the guy you're going to feel like? Oh, if he's going
1: to be scoring, look out, world! Uh, to not give a, a boring top six answer, I'll go with uh, Alexi Lafreniere because uh, him playing in the third line with you know the, the, he's a guy that they like to compare him to his contemporaries or like other top overall picks. The difference is though, he like like unlike other picks, doesn't play in the first line. He doesn't get power play time. Uh, But five on five, he's actually in the time on ice, like by his like split stats, he is really one of the most effective goal scorers out there. So I think, you know, I don't know if it's a myth or not in the playoffs that refs swallow the whistle. Uh, We did see a fair amount of whistles last night in the games that were going on both the Eastern and Western conferences. But um, if there is a lot of five and five time where the Rangers do kind of struggle, I do see Alexi Lafrenette scoring. And again, it's a guy that his line mates constantly change with Kako in and out, Filippito in and out. So I do like him to to score. And he was pretty good as of late, uh, later in the season for the Rangers.
2: Oh, that's a good call from Eddie Spaghetti there. I like that. And that's how scary the Rangers are when you got the first overall pick, you know, playing on the third line, even though he hasn't been great yet, you can certainly see the talent. Can I, can I add a name for, to Eddie's uh, inclusion as well? Yes. Uh, Frank Vetrano, who has become a Penguins killer. He's mm-hmm. got, I think, 101 career goals. Nine of them are against the Penguins. And uh, I just found this out not long ago. It was two or three years ago. Old man Rutherford had a deal for him. The paperwork was done to trade for him. He liked him so much, something fell through at the last second. Didn't happen. I'm guessing Ron Hextall would have liked if that had gone through because that guy just kills the Penguins.
0: Well, what I'm glad did go through is Mike Matheson. And cool. he is really, I mean, uh, the idea, I, I mean, i with all respect to Latang, I mean, I, Matheson is uh, is their most dominant defenseman, I think, or at least doesn't, I know this is uh, hard to say because Matheson has his letdowns too, but Latang makes uh, more boners these days than Matheson does, it seems to me. Huh.
2: Oh, no question he does. Um, I I can't say enough about Matheson. He, he has been a revelation this season. There There's two or three times every game when he literally just yeah. goes on these end-to-end rushes. It's like, whoa, like where did that come from? He just has that explosive skating ability. Keep an eye on him, though. He was bad against the Islanders last season. He does not have much playoff experience. He looked scared to death against the Islanders last year. He really had a lot of misplays, fumbled the puck a lot. Of, I think he's a different player this season but just keep an eye on him he's a huge guy for the penguins and to me they have to go with Dumoulin and Latang because you need either Latang or Matheson on the ice you know 75 right. percent of the time I, I think that's really important he's a huge guy for them no doubt right
0: that adds up to, to three quarters of the game if you split Latang and Matheson so yes. that makes uh, that makes a fair amount of sense listen Ricky Raquel has been dynamite um, let's see him and Gino maybe make some magic and we'll see where oh. it goes but if they don't this is it for you, right? I mean, this is it for the big three. You you have predicted uh, repeatedly. Eighty seven is aging like fine wine. Yes. Geno Malkin sounds like he's willing to make a team friendly deal. You think Latang is gone? What about Brian Rust?
2: I think Latang and Rust are probably both gone. If I had to guess, I, I my money says Malkin will return. Um, hey, he still scored what twenty goals in forty one games. That's that's a forty goal pace. Um, you know, right after ACL surgery, mm-hmm. so he's still great on the power play for sure. And he's told the Penguins he'll he'll play for less. The question is how much less. And he's making nine five right now. That's too much. If he were willing to play for you know seven, seven and a half, something like that, I think they'll come to a deal. Latang, somebody's going to give him an insane amount of money, and he's still really good. Um, could come back. I don't think he will. Rust. I, I think he's really priced himself out of Pittsburgh as well. You mentioned Ricky Raquel. He's a UFA too. Isn't yeah, that a I know. Guy? Wouldn't you like to bring him back for a few more years of the way he's fit in? He's a good I, I, hockey player. It yeah. feels
0: like a, an almost must, and it seems like an easy deal to make. If yeah. you lose Latang and Russ, that's where you start. The first call you make if, is... It,
2: if, if you lose... Sorry for the interruption. If you lose Latang, and I think they will... That's a huge problem for the Penguins, though, moving forward, because John Marino is not a number one defenseman. Uh, that, that's that been made pretty clear to me in the last two years. So that would just be a gigantic void. But they don't want to give the guy eight or nine million dollars for four or five years at you know 35 years old. And, and I understand why.
0: And listen, five Stanley Cups as a wee lad. My, I, I've told the story before. 1984, I remember Mo Damoshek saying, dinner's ready, get in here, calling me and my sister Amy. Come in, dinner's ready. We said, we got to see 66. We got to see this Lemieux kid take his first shift. We'll be there in a second. By the end of that shift, he had uh, stripped the puck from the reigning Norris uh, winner in Raymond Bork. He took it down the ice. He beat the reigning Vezina Trophy winner, Pete Peters, on the backhand. And the rest is history. Okay, it took seven, eight years to get it. But we got two cups back-to-back thanks in part to Yarmir Yager his brilliant game in MSG he shamed he took yes. the jock strap off of uh, Jeff Bookaboom he then <laughs> scored on the penalty shot those were, that was one of the great non lemieux playoff games in history
2: it was and by the way uh Thursday is the 30 year anniversary of the Adam Graves slash I will have you know
0: well that's that's <laughs> the other thing i wanted to, the last thing <laughs> just because it's like a you know it's like any crime it's you you attempted To your motive was to stop the Penguins roll to another Stanley Cup. You failed in that endeavor, but it's still an assault. And I want an arrest to be made. When this season is over, we open the cold case against
2: uh, Adam Graves and company. How say you, Yoey? I'm, I'm, you know what the best part was? They did suspend him, but they still let him play in game three. They, they, they couldn't make up their minds until after game three to suspend him. And the, and the Rangers, of course, won game three in overtime. You know what's funny? Like I was born in 1980, right? So I really got into the Penguins like 88, 89, 90, 91. And – the Rangers were the team I always hated the most. I grew up really. Hating I hated them way more than the Flyers. Actually, yeah, I just I hated those Rangers teams in the early '90s. I would say the the most devastating loss of my childhood of a non Pittsburgh variety was Game Seven at the Garden when they beat the Canucks for the Cup. So I hated those Rangers teams so much. Much as I respected Messier, I, I was I was cheering hard for Pavel Bure that evening. Um, so yeah, growing up, I really hated them. Even, and by the <laughs> way, I've, I've met Messier a few times. Like the nicest guy in the world. I actually really like him. But uh, back then, I, I had some. Uh, oh, he's the
0: dirtiest legend in any sport. Well, yeah. Oh
2: he- well, yeah, the dirty players usually are nice guys away away from the the game. But um, it was. Uh, I remember it well. I still remember uh, the hatred I felt for Adam Graves. And uh, in 1988, it was David Shaw who took out Mario with a cheap shot. I think that's what really got my hatred for the Rangers uh, boiling at that point. But it was a great rivalry for a few years between those. Yeah, teams.
0: well, it was, but we got the better of them for the most part. To yeah. me, it's I mean, it's Flyers and Islanders are now tied. I've changed my ranking. Oh, really? I hate rankings. Yes. Oh, wow. Flyers, I hate, but the Islanders have caused us so much pain. It's hard to debate that. And boy, they're, Devils, they're Devils, they're Devils
2: too. The Islanders fans are just as obnoxious as Flyers fans, by the way. that People don't know what it's like on the island. It's, it's a an oddly rough bunch. I, I said to my lady friend one time, I said, you know, I never believed that crap you talked about, toxic masculinity. I, I thought that was all just a bunch of talk. Then I walked into the Coliseum. I said, my God, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's it's everywhere. So, yeah, it's, it's a fair
0: Oh, place. me and Spaghetti work with a bunch of those
2: Isles guys. I know oh, how Spaghetti man. must feel about Islanders fans. Oh. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Boy. Eddie Spaghetti. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, very quickly, just to lay it on us because I'm fascinated. Like when Spaghetti said that to me yesterday, I was stunned. What people don't want the penguins? Are you think people don't who love hockey don't want to see the penguins go deep here? Of course we do.
1: But again, going it's going back to what I said, it's it's as a hockey all three of us are diehard fans. As a diehard fan, I don't really care what casual fans care about. If casual fans, are, oh, I don't want to see a team that plays in Sunrise, Florida, I don't want to see a three like, you know, it stinks that two teams are in Florida, which is not a hockey market. But if you're a fan of hockey, you know that the Panthers, for example, are an awesome team to watch. So to me it doesn't matter. If like, I don't need to say any more of the Penguins win. Like they've, they've dominated hockey for a number of years. So I, that was my point with the Penguins. I think I have a little bit of Penguins fatigue. Um, to answer your question in terms of who I hate the most for Rangers fans, it's, it's easily Devils fans. Really? In New York city. Ooh. Easily, easily. Devils Why? Fans. Cause, they've been, fans the Cause they know, they've been better. Cause they won all those better. They've been oh. better. They've been better. I mean, I growing up, like it, it was sort of this similar thing to like when the nets were pretty good with like, jason kidd vince carter Richard jefferson those teams like everyone that was not a rangers fan was wearing like Mar- so many marty brodeur shirts and jerseys mm-hmm. and um like it was always the thing too where the the tickets and to get to either um they moved buildings to newark but when they wherever they used to play it was way cheaper to go to games to see the rangers play there than the hmm. garden so it was just always like a, a hostile scenario The islanders fans like I mean, maybe recently, because they've been a little bit better, but maybe a lot of their fan base is stuck out on the island. So if you're in, like, Staten Island, Jersey, Brooklyn, New York City, like, way too many Devils things, uh, Devils merch uh, years back when when they were I find it
0: hard to believe that they have more than, like, Eight thousand real fans the sure. Devils. oh
1: no uh, i'm telling you, they would sell stuff in like models. you go to like a sports store there'd be just as many devil's things oh, as, as they're there were
2: boring to watch well, i've met a segment of rangers fans who could not get season tickets at the garden they would actually get season tickets in jersey and just root against the devils every game there's actually like a few dozen <laughs> of them that actually do that which is which is really great i actually have a, an extreme amount of respect for that but uh no that's very interesting all right. Well, we'll see. Maybe the
0: hate rankings will have to change after this seven game series. But in the meantime, keep up the great work, Yoey. We appreciate all the in during the season here. It all comes to this. I'm really excited. And I'm a, a grown man of my advanced age, especially should not be feeling butterflies in advance of Stanley Cup playoffs. And yet
2: here they are. No apology coming. Just, just wait until it goes to overtime tonight, and how you're going to feel, you know. Oh my God! Oh, don't do it to me, yo. Oh, I know, I know. Well, I feel overtime coming soon. I don't know. One of these bring two games. One.
0: Bring home one. If you bring home one, because I feel the series is over. If if the if it goes to Pittsburgh yes, with up. the Rangers up two, the series is over. to get one. one
2: of these. Penguins win one. However, you'll have a pretty raucous Saturday night crowd for Game Three. Who knows? Ooh, I might even try to jump a plane. Uh-huh.
0: It, that, that might even be worth it.
2: To, all right, uh, pal. You know. Dinner's on me if you do.
0: Just... All right, yo. You're the tops, pal. Thanks for all the time, and uh, have a great time up there in MSG and beyond.
2: All right. Good to see anybody. Take care, Eddie.
0: There he goes. The great Josh Yowie, everybody. Track down. He's got some great uh, work about the Pittsburgh Penguins in advance of this series and about the Rangers as well, as you just heard there. He's certainly objective. He's taking the Rangers to win the series. How do you feel, Spaghetti, after that? Even better?
1: No, uh, no, I still feel pretty much the same. Again, like I, I think in a seven game series, the Rangers are the better team. If anyone who watches hockey um, would pick against the Rangers, they're just simply, uh, it's a, just a bias. Uh, but in terms of game one, uh, I'm pretty nervous. I, I, I would not be shocked if this is like a close or frustrating loss by the Rangers. Uh, I would say game two is a lock, the Rangers win, but I think this game one, I, I feel very weird about it. I, I think if the Rangers don't start off hot, like they go up two, three, nothing. I feel like this game is going to be a a real nail biter. I don't know. I don't know why, but it was such a sinking feeling right now.
0: Hmm. Well, Yoey didn't (laughs) didn't give uh, Penguins fans a lot to be excited about in this series, too. But it is the last dance. They should make a documentary about that. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell uh, Yoey, too, is another cold case we have to open. You know, it's a weird thing. Remember when Janet Gretzky had the gambling ring? Not enough made out of that. Now, what, what happened to that story? We need a 30 for 30 or something like that about uh, about Jan- about Janet Gretzky running a gambling ring and how her old man threw her under the bus. It was like, Wayne, you have anything to do with it? No, 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 no. It was all the misses. <laughs> Classy as ever. All right, before we get out of here, Spaghetti, real quick, let's come together over some NBA games and let's look at Wednesday here to accommodate the listener who probably... It's too late to get in on Tuesday night. Um, Sixers and Heat, as I said, you know, you take the best player, one of the five best players in the world off the court in – uh in a sport that only has 10 people on the floor at any given time that's that's bound to impact the result of the game that's what happened to the sixers in miami on monday night i think it happens on wednesday night give me the heat the number is up now it opened at nine down to eight and a half the heat easily covered the seven and a half on monday night i think the heat keep on rolling here How say you spaghetti
1: yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they said maybe game three or four and Bead returns if he's not back. I mean, the series is over. Um, and I, I think really I, I'm starting to formulate my opinion on who because I, I would say a few days ago, you could say this finals year is pretty open. I think now in my head, I think I know exactly who's going to win. Um, but I, yeah, the Heat are, are like you said, severely underrated. I don't think they're a finals team. But uh, I do think they'll take care of business, obviously, without Joel and B, don't think, you know, Harden and company is not enough to, to beat this, uh, this Heat squad. I
0: mean, what happened to James Harden? That's another thing that while people are talking about it, they don't talk about it enough. And the other thing is I felt pretty confident about the Heat on Monday night. But, you know, Tobias Harris did get 27, which, you know, it's not a given that he was going to fill in the points that uh, are lost by Embiid. So if you told me that that Tobias would have gone for 27 and they would still get whipped Ooh, that's a, a gut punch if you're a Sixers fan Mavs showed up late almost caught up to the Suns there too little too late like we said Suns looking pretty good now laying six at home in game two on Wednesday I'll take the Suns there how say you
1: yeah, I'm gonna still ride with the Suns. I mean, Luca's been awesome, but I, I think the Suns are just the more the complete team, the deeper team. Uh so I, I do like the Suns going forward as well. I mean, they are the favorites right now, plus two fifty to win the finals for a reason. So I no reason to pick against them.
0: Did you see anything jump into puck real quick here for the Wednesday night games? Did you see anything um, from the Bruins that would give you confidence that they can bounce back? Like I say, I mean, they definitely had the better of it in the first period, definitely in the in the first 10 minutes. And then they look good in the third period as well. But in but um, all around it, the the Canes just kind of blew them out. And if you look at the final score, you would think uh, that the Canes are decisively better, which maybe they are. How say you?
1: Yeah, I, it's why I picked. I mean, I was right uh, on all my picks. Uh, I picked the Canes to win this game, and it was two-one. I thought there was a chance that Bruins could make it close, and then obviously the Canes go and score a bunch, and that's what scares me about them is they're just a pretty sound team in every facet. I know people were questioning their goaltending, obviously the injury uh, going into the series when they had to start Antiranta instead, but uh, like they they have they're a good defensive team there, and they have on who could score. Uh, obviously they, they can roll all four lines, and I think the Bruins just don't have the high-power scoring attack like the Canes do, and the Canes are just putting on. They're just, their team that pressures you, and that's what we saw if you watch that game, and uh, I, I am petrified of the, the Hurricanes way more than the Panthers, than the Leafs, the Lightning, whoever else. Like They just seem to have the Rangers' number, and uh, I do not want to face them in the next round of the Rangers' advance, so I, I'm really hoping the Bruins can somehow just tighten it up and just beat the crap out of that team for, for as many games as they can to hopefully catch limping Hurricanes in, in round two.
0: Wouldn't be surprised if Posternock gets bumped back up to his old pals on the the first line, DeBrusque. I, I just imagine that they're going to get desperate real fast here. Be on the lookout for that in the meantime. Yeah, Bruins did not look bad, and they still got whipped. So, I guess I might have to go against my series pick of uh, the Bruins, which I made before Game yeah. One. Leafs and Lightning. I'm the only person I think I'm aware of of our little gang who took the Leafs to win the series. Um, and I understood no, why, but I was doing that's it. Not true. That's not true. You took the Leafs too. Every,
1: me, you, and Hench all took the Leafs. Oh, we posted a graphic online. So, all right.
0: Well, I missed. I didn't. I didn't see. I, I thought everybody. I heard everybody say the Lightning.
1: I, I think the Leafs to represent the East in our uh, our offseason. Wait a second! A pre- I thought
0: you were t- talking up on extra points. You were talking up the
1: Lightning. I, I think I all I've said I I think that series is a coin flip, but I'm going to stick by my pick of of the, the preseason pick of the Leafs. Good, that's the right. Uh, but thing. I also wouldn't be shocked if Game Two looks exactly the way it did, but reversely. I think that the, hmm. all the Lightning are capable of also beating them five zip. So I, I think that they. So can what's come your pick? Uh, I still think the Leafs win the series, but I, I don't think that I think in Game Two, I don't I don't necessarily th- I don't see the Leafs blowing them out. I don't see the Leafs winning as a sweep. I don't, honestly don't not even sure if any series right now, West or East, is a sweep outside of maybe Colorado could, but I don't I don't think that's I think every game every series goes at least five. But I, I just think you know the, the Leafs bad goaltending can come still bite them, and uh, I, the the Leafs uh, the Lightning uh, have been there done that, and I think they – they like I don't see another bad performance. Um out of Vasilevsky So I I would not be shocked if they even this thing one one.
0: It does feel like the series is kind of hanging in the balance here a little bit. Tampa you can get on the money line plus 105 right now, the two time defending Stanley Cup champs. That looks pretty appealing if you have any confidence uh in that high powered bunch. So I guess uh I'm not gonna quibble with you if you wanna go with Tampa there. But Eddie Spaghetti, all the best to you and your blue shirts. It's the best time of the year. And remember, even if it doesn't happen this year. The future is bright. Like, let me have my let me have one more. Let me do one more run. And then I don't care how many of the Rangers, Rangers can win. I'll even sign off on the Rangers winning three straight after if I can win the Stanley Cup this year. Is that
1: a deal? I don't know. I don't, I don't take that deal. And I, Why not? And I, it, it That's a good deal it, if you win three because it goes back. It goes back to what you always say about these teams like the Chiefs, for example, with their window. Uh, Like, oh, he'll he'll get one in the future. Like, I don't – that's not always the case. Maybe you could say in hockey it's a little bit different because we have seen sort of uh, a dynastic stretch out of the Penguins and out of the Blackhawks and out of the current uh, Lightning. And I guess in years past we've seen the the Red Wings and the the Devils do that. So it's possible. But I think that if you have a window, you have to strike – while wow, the iron's hot, and I, I, you know, I think this Pens team, unfortunately, is at the last legs of their, you know, sort of dynasty run. I think they are limping into the playoffs. As well. I've said, you know, a bunch that I do think the Rangers are the better team will in the series, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the Rangers next year are going to be right back where they are, what they're at because like they had a Vesna year from Igor, and they have. Uh, a great season from uh, I mean it's obviously I said Fox wins the Norris and then you have Panarin who almost had 100 points without even scoring a bunch of goals. He was just more of a playmaker. I mean just totally changed up his game and uh, a 50 plus goal year from Kreider like I don't see the Rangers being uh, I don't know how they can improve uh, next year unless Kako and Lafreniere take that really big next step because like even like the trading deadline was getting Vetrano and Kopp like they nailed those those trades and I, I to me it's like the window is now like you have to win now because who knows what the next year will bring. There could be other teams that are retool and get a lot better. So I think this is the year and they have to do everything they can to, to win the Stanley Cup this year. So I will not take anything going forward because the next year is uncertain.
0: All right. Well, I hope you're wrong and I hope you don't get your wish. And I hope I get my wish because I want to see one more cup. Listen, just give me a series. How about we win one series in advance? It's been too long for, for Penguins fans. Um, But best wishes to you. Best wishes to uh, all the hockey fans, NBA fans. These are exciting times if your team is uh, is in the postseason. Enjoy that. Put a little something on it. Make it even more interesting. Do it along with uh, your pals here at Minus3. Bet it at Fanduel.com. Slash Minus3, the word minus the number three. We'll be back in just a couple of days with our pal Hench, the Bruins, and the Celtics fans. Every a fan, everything's happening. We'll also get in to the Jordan Madison story, what that means for the future of college football. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on that and make sure you're listening to all the great shows on the extra points network, get into ExtraPoints.com, find the arcade, play against us with us. Maybe you'll win a gold hat, maybe even something better than that. Um, a sense of pride. Um, so until, uh, until we kibitz with our pal Hench and in front of game two in MSG, thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.